Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career by improving your communication skills, or maybe you simply have a strong growth mindset, you're always looking to learn and improve your communication skills, or perhaps both. Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like listening, storytelling, confidence, and leadership. This is the critically important stuff that they don't teach you in school. It's up to you now to find resources and to continue to learn. Well, if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find online corporate training, one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and of course, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast. You can choose whatever works for you. Welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 77. Today, we're going to focus on our personal brands a critical and super popular topic for sure, but we're going to focus on a specific aspect of personal branding that's sometimes forgotten. It's how we communicate implicitly, like beyond the words that you use when you introduce yourself and beyond your bio and beyond your resume and your CV. We're talking about implicit, indirect communication here. We're talking about those opportunities to reinforce what you want people to know about you. But I'm also going to warn you about some communication elements that you may have forgotten about. Things that might be confusing people about you, or maybe even sending the wrong message. This is important stuff. By the way, you don't have to take notes. I'm going to do that for you. Just keep doing whatever you're doing. Walking, driving, housework, whatever you're doing. I'm going to summarize three key points at the end. And then you can always access the full summary on the talkabouttalk.com website. For this episode in particular, that includes a handy-dandy checklist. You're welcome. One other thing, while you're on the talkabouttalk.com website, please sign up for the weekly email newsletter. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple-to-digest email. I promise, no spam and no more than once per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up, or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. All right, let's do this. Let me back up and start by reminding us just what we're talking about when we say personal branding. You can think of your personal brand as your reputation or your identity, but what really helps is this definition. Your personal brand is what people are thinking and saying about you when you're not in the room. Got that? It's what people are thinking and saying about you when you're not in the room. So imagine your firm just got a new client and the most senior folks in the organization are determining who's going to serve this important client and your name comes up. Just what are they thinking and saying about you? Or imagine that your new employer is doing a reference check before they hire you. So they call your mentor and they ask him or her, what sets you apart from your peers? What's unique about you? This is your personal brand. As I always remind people, you have a personal brand whether you decide to strategically manage it or not. It's kind of like a credit rating. You can focus on it and improve it, or you can choose to ignore it, but it's not going away. When I coach people about personal branding, I encourage them to distinguish between the message and the media. Just like in product branding, agencies focus strategically on what the message is, 
what is being said. And then separately, they focus on the media. That's the how or where the message is being communicated. When you're managing your personal brand, you need to know what you stand for. Your values, your personality, your credentials, even your aspirations. That's the message. And just like in product branding, if that message is consistent, it will be much more clear and compelling to your audience. Today in this episode, we're focusing on communicating that message across various media. Media as in the how and the where that you can consistently reinforce your personal brand. And specifically, we're focusing on the media where we communicate implicitly. If we take a step back and consider the universe of media opportunities available to us when we're communicating our personal brand, of course, we can think of both online and offline media, right? And these days, online is becoming more and more important. So there's your LinkedIn profile, there's how you present yourself in Zoom meetings, there's the emails that you write, and lots more. So there's online and there's offline media. We can also think about our personal branding media as being explicit or implicit. Explicit, as in overt, unambiguous messages. The words we type into our resume or CV. It's your LinkedIn profile. It's your bio. It's the words and phrases that you use when you're introducing yourself. You can think of explicit personal branding media as the way that we communicate directly. What we're focusing on here in this episode is the less direct ways of communicating. This is about signaling or sending cues. Implicit communication sometimes gets forgotten, but it's critically important. And here's a simple reason why. If you're communicating implicitly in a way that's consistent with your ideal personal brand, then that's great. You're reinforcing your message. But if not, it could be disastrous. Just like for product brands, consistency is also key to personal brands. Imagine someone who labels themselves as an inclusive manager, but then some people do things that seem to contradict this value of inclusivity, like making it difficult for people with different lifestyles to attend meetings or interrupting people who are different from them. Wow. Or another example is people who publicly label themselves as a team player, but then you realize when you start working with them one-on-one -on -one that clearly they are not a team player, be it in their contribution to the work or giving credit where credit is due. Consistency is key here. As humans, we like consistency. It helps us make sense of things. If you took any psychology classes, you probably remember the term cognitive dissonance. That is exactly what we're talking about. Consonance or consistency helps us make sense of things. Inconsistency causes dissonance, and that's not good. We humans crave consistency. We want to reinforce our existing beliefs even about people. So in this episode, I'm gonna take you through a list of ways that you can consistently reinforce your personal brand. I'm gonna remind you of some personal branding opportunities that you may not have considered and also provide you with some tips on how to leverage these implicit communication opportunities. Sound good? Okay, let's start with our appearance. There is so much to think about here, so I really think it's a great place to start. So you can ask yourself, what's my style? But then there's also making that style consistent. Let's start with the obvious. There's your haircut, your clothing, your makeup, all that. You can call this style, or you can just think of this as how I show up. So ask yourself, how am I showing up for meetings, whether they're in real life or online? 
If your personal brand is something about being professional, here's the question. Are you dressed consistently with that image? Beyond how you show up for meetings, what about how you appear in your headshot? You know, that image of you on your website or on social media? You know, that circle with your face on LinkedIn that shows up not just on your profile page, but with every single like, comment, or post that you make. Does it look the way you want it to look? A few things. Make sure you have a solid background. Make sure it shows you and you only. And try to dress how you would dress for a meeting with a client. Here's another question for you in terms of your headshot. How old is that photo? Would people recognize you from that photo? I can't tell you how many times I've entered a meeting, whether it's in real life or online, where I'm meeting someone for the first time and I'm shocked at their appearance relative to what I was expecting based on their headshot. Maybe that was just a really great hair day for them. Or maybe that headshot was from like 10 or 15 years ago. Or maybe both. Please, update your headshot so we recognize you, okay? Like I said, we're craving consistency. While you're thinking about your appearance, you might also want to Google yourself. Go ahead, do it. Other people are Googling you. You know they are. Despite what some people say, it's not narcissistic to Google yourself. It's prudent. You should know what shows up, especially on the first page. And while you're there, check and see what shows up if you Google yourself and then click images. If you can control what shows up, make sure it's updated and consistent with the image or brand that you're seeking to communicate. Okay, also related to our appearance, I just have to make this point. For some of us, there's something about our clothing, our style, or maybe it's a color that's a key part of our personal brand. This is being a little personal here, but I have to tell you a key part of my personal brand is the color turquoise. It is absolutely no accident that turquoise is one of the main colors for my Talk About Talk brand. I wear turquoise all the time to the point that people talk about it and they gift me lots of stuff that's turquoise. I love turquoise. But for you, it may be your funky eyeglasses or maybe it's your favorite purse or a designer that you adore that exemplifies you. It could even be your phone case. People are gathering cues and clues about all that they see, everything you're wearing and all of your possessions. For some people, it's jewelry. They're demonstrating maybe attention to detail or a certain flair. For some people, it might be their fancy, expensive watch. Or maybe it's an athletic smartwatch that's tracking their activity. That says something, doesn't it? It's implicit, but it's clear. They care about their health. That reminds me. I read some research a while ago where people were rated in terms of their likability and their perceived expertise based on first impressions when they came into a meeting room. You know what they say about first impressions, right? So, the researchers varied all sorts of things. But one thing that came out really significant is something that you may not have considered before. But it makes sense. Based on this research, you might think twice about what kind of drink you're bringing into a meeting. Yes. Are you drinking some crappy coffee out of an old mug that you found in the company coffee room? Or are you drinking a fancy-dancy Starbucks latte? Or are you bringing in a bottle of water? Or do you have your own water bottle? All of these things say something about you. And based on the research, people graded others' first impression higher when they brought in water. 
They rated them higher than people that were drinking coffee. They rated them higher than people that were drinking juice or anything else. So if you want to make a positive first impression, bring some water with you. Okay, so think about what you're bringing into a meeting, whether it's a briefcase or a purse or a drink. This all relates to a lot of the research in consumer behavior on what we as consumers signal based on our possessions. In other words, what we say about ourselves indirectly or implicitly based on our possessions and what other people observe. Two years ago, I interviewed award-winning marketing professor Russell Belk, who wrote a seminal paper in this area called Possessions and the Extended Self. When I say seminal, I mean like this article has over 10 thousand academic citations. Anyway, according to Russ, when I interviewed him, he says that the possessions that signal things about us include anything that is yours. Beyond our clothing and how we present ourselves, there are some obvious possessions like our cars, our homes, our phones. Let's take the car you drive. People might have a different view of you if you drive up in a Ford F-150 versus a Toyota Prius versus a minivan versus a mini. I could go on and on with this one. Cars are fascinating. But the point is, all of this communicates something about you. It's certainly worth considering what your possessions are saying about you. But there are also many less obvious things, like our social media pages, our partners, and even our children. Yes, people. The people with whom we choose to spend our time certainly signal or communicate something about us. Anyway, if you're interested in learning more from Russell Belk, you can listen to our conversation in Talk About Talk podcast episode number 17. Russ and I talk about things like being culturally sensitive with our possessions, how our identities, yes, our personal brands, are not static they can and do change over time, and also the extent to which materialism is acceptable. Yep, this is something to consider before you put on that $20,000 watch. Russ also has some very cool insights on being cool. So anyway, I recommend you give episode number 17 a listen if I've piqued your interest. Back to focusing on your personal brand. Russ does say that even the people we hang out with the work colleagues, our friends, and our family, they all say things about us. Of course they do. As do the institutions that we're affiliated with. Take your employer or your school. Personally, depending on whom I'm meeting, I might or might not mention that I earned my doctoral degree at Harvard Business School. We call it dropping the H-bomb. It can have a big effect. It's usually a positive effect, but certainly not always. So, if you're working at an impressive institution, you should definitely mention that. Your affiliation with your school, your employer, even where you volunteer, the clubs you belong to, this all says something implicitly about you. For that matter, even where you live says something. There's so much nuance in all of these things, and it's all being interpreted by people all the time. Are you a rural or a city dweller? What city? What neighborhood? Why? All right. Let's bring this back into our work environment. Have you ever counted how many emails you send a day? Have you ever considered how many impressions your email signature is making and the power of that email signature? Of course, there's the explicit words, right? Maybe your title, but there's certainly an opportunity to play with your email signature, play with the fonts, play with what is included there, 
Is it lots of legal mumbo jumbo or do you have one targeted message? And what is that message saying about you implicitly? Related to your email signature, this is something that a lot of people don't think about. What about the fonts that you're using? With more and more of our communication being online, we are sending emails, we are sending people documents, and they're all typed out. By definition, there is a font happening. So ask yourself, the font that you're choosing to use, whether it's in a presentation document, whether it's in the body of your email, or whether it's in your email signature, is it flowery? Is it plain? Is it modern? And what is that saying about you? Also in the online environment, we've been spending a lot of time on Zoom lately, haven't we? It's definitely worth taking the time to think about what your background is implicitly communicating about you. First of all, have you taken the time to set yourself up properly? Is your camera at eye level? Is the light source facing you and not behind you? And secondly, what's in the background? I'm telling you, it drives me crazy when I see beds or kitchens. We don't wanna be doing work in your bedroom and we don't wanna be doing work in your kitchen. Just about anywhere else is better. But what else do you have on display there? Obviously it needs to be tidy, but think about what other messages you are implicitly communicating. And when you're in these meetings, Another way that we implicitly communicate it a lot about ourselves is with our vocabulary. So there's the sophistication of our vocabulary, right? There's the formality with which we speak and there's the jargon that we use. I know I'm beginning to sound like I have a lot of pet peeves, but I have to tell you this, it drives me crazy when people throw around acronyms that only people at their firm or maybe only on their team understand. It's like saying implicitly, I know something that you don't. And I'm thinking, really? Come on. Of course, we all need to demonstrate our expertise and we can do that with our vocabulary, but using jargon and using acronyms, that's a no-no. Okay, we can also communicate implicitly, of course, with our facial expressions. I mean, think about it. They're called facial expressions. They're expressing something about us. You know, there's some people, when you think about them, you imagine them with a smile on their face. That's probably because they usually do have a smile on your face, and that certainly leaves an impression. Other people, you think of them with a scowl. So think about what your facial expression is. And related to facial expressions, there's body language and posture. Your body language and posture implicitly communicates confidence and therefore capability. I guess my mom was right. Posture is very important. Thank you, mom. And at risk of sounding like your mother, I have to say this. Your manners say a lot about you. Saying please and thank you. Not interrupting people. These are all cues or signals that implicitly communicate something. When they're aligned and consistent with what people already believe about us, they don't even notice our manners. But when our manners are inconsistent with expectations, it can be jolting. Okay, moving on. Are you feeling overwhelmed yet? Well, I've taken account, and as I said, this is all going to be available in the show notes, but I've got two more really important points for you. Okay, are you ready? This is the second last point. It's your voice. Have you ever seen that YouTube video of when Susan Boyle auditioned for the show Britain's Got Talent? If you haven't, I strongly recommend that you do, and I put a link to it in the show notes. That video now has well over 20 million views, 
And there's one reason for that. Her appearance implicitly communicated that she was frumpy and probably not capable of too much. Don't think I'm being too cruel here. Take a look and I'm sure you'll agree with me. But when she opened her mouth to sing, wow, talk about dissonance and inconsistency. Our voice says a lot, whether we're a singer or not. And I know most of us aren't. Our voices vary by various vocal elements, including our pitch, our tone, our cadence, and we're creating impressions of ourselves every time we speak. You may have heard this before, and even if you haven't, you'll probably agree it kind of makes sense. Deeper voices are associated with legitimacy and leadership. And this is precisely why Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher took voice lessons before one of her campaigns, which, yes, by the way, she won. Okay, so there's voice. Last, I have one more point for you to consider, and I'm going to start with a question. When was the last time you checked your voicemail greeting? Here's the thing. Every time anyone ever calls you and you don't answer, your voicemail picks up. And again, your voice, the words you use, your pitch, your tone, your cadence, all of that implicitly says something about you. So take a minute, check your voicemail greeting, and make sure it's aligned with what you want for your personal brand. All right, that's it, at least for now. I know this is not an exhaustive list, but it is definitely more than a great start. This was a long list of ways that we can implicitly communicate and ideally but consistently reinforce our personal brands. We've covered our appearance, our possessions, our connections, affiliations, our email signature, fonts, implicit communication in online meetings, facial expressions, vocabulary, our voices, and more. If I were you, I'd be asking, Andrea, where the heck should I start? This is a long list. Okay, I agree, but I have a few suggestions. You want to choose places where you can make a big impact and ideally where it's relatively easy to improve it. So start here. First, check out your headshots. Look on social media and Google yourself and make sure that your headshots look professional, they're consistent with your personal brand, and they're recent, okay? The second thing I'd change really depends on how you spend your time and particularly where and when you make impressions on people. So if you're meeting people in real life at meetings, you might want to invest in a fantastic coat or purse or briefcase, that thing that you always have with you that's going to leave a great impression. If on the other hand, you're in online meetings, maybe take a real critical look at your Zoom background. So what's behind you when people are looking at you on the screen for so many hours? Ask yourself, where can you step it up a notch to better reinforce your positive personal brand? Third and last, and I only say this one because whenever I do workshops, the response that I get, the reaction when I mention it, is usually people rolling their eyes and laughing at themselves. Your voicemail. Call yourself and check your voicemail. And if you don't like it, if it's not positive and aligned with your personal brand, update it. It'll take you one minute and you'll be making a positive impression. Okay, I could go on, but I'm going to pull the plug. That's it. As I promised, though, if you go to the show notes on the website, you'll see the full list there, along with some pointers. Just go to talkabouttalk.com. This is your free personal branding cheat sheet. You're welcome. While you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. 
This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise no spam and no more than once per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Thank you.